What's up, what's up, what's up, Snap Survivors? I am Tasha Pierce. This is After the Snap, a virtual refugee camp for everyone affected by Thanos Snap. Happy Tuesday to us all. Happy Tuesday and welcome back for another edition of After the Snap. Thank you for returning. If this is your first time here, welcome to the show. Um, Today, we are going to talk a little bit about Captain Marvel. Seeing as though we are two weeks, just a little tiny hair over two weeks away from the uh, opening of this movie, I feel like we should get kind of more acquainted with Carol Danvers. These trailers actually, to me, tell an awful lot of the story. And we see that there are difference between um, differences between Carol Danvers' story in the comics and Carol Danvers' story for the movies. Get over it. If, if you got a problem with it, get over it. This is Marvel Cinematic Universe. So let's get over that. Really just a very superficial conversation today. Don't want to go too far in depth because I think we are going to tackle Captain Marvel again next week. I also would like to announce what what uh, will amount to some changes to the MCU watch party in the uh, lead up to Captain Marvel and I believe in the aftermath too. But I'm going to check my calendar to make sure I'm passing on the right information. Okay, so we know this Friday we have Captain Marvel, uh, not, not Captain Marvel, I'm sorry, Captain America Civil War for our uh, MCU watch party. That will remain the same. And um, Spider-Man Homecoming is going to remain the same for the Friday after this. So going into March, we are going to have to do the Doctor Strange watch party on Tuesday, March 5th. So we'll be doing a watch party episode on a Tuesday because we need to make room for uh, Captain Marvel that week Friday. We are temporarily interrupting the watch party to include Captain Marvel and it will be a non-spoiler review of Captain Marvel for Friday March 8th also doesn't really disrupt the flow too much because Captain Marvel is kind of like a prelude to all of the rest of these movies we had uh, the only movie that that predates her in the MCU is uh, Captain America so we could watch her. We, she could get thrown in there. I've got a feeling that uh, her post-credit scenes are going to probably disrupt things just a little. But yeah, after Captain Marvel, then it's just really, really downhill. Boy, we, this watch party went fast, which is telling me that this uh, this six months from November to April has been flying. We we've already halfway through it. Because then after Captain Marvel, we'll have Black Panther. We'll have Thor Ragnarok. We will go into, um, I think we'll do Ant-Man and the Wasp before we do Infinity War. Uh, And I think then that'll wrap it. That'll wrap it. But okay, so that little piece of news aside, our watch party will be disrupted for a week or so. We will be moving, shuffling movies around to make sure that we are able to uh, 
accommodate Captain Marvel on the weekend that she drops because that is important. In case you didn't know, that is uh, International Women's Day. So what better way to spend Women's Day than to be discussing uh, the first woman headlining standalone MCU hero having her own movie and that will be her opening weekend that sounds like fun for international women's day been a lot of talk here lately this week especially and it's talking about controversy surrounding uh, the captain marvel movie now i got this from uh com- i think it's comic book comicbooknews.com well let's just get into it how about that it says the title of their piece is Captain Marvel Rotten Tomatoes nose diving. Now, if you're wondering how a movie that has not been released anywhere yet could have a nose diving Rotten Tomatoes, that is like a clickbait type of uh of title. So, it's basically talking about the audience uh projections, the audience saying whether or not they want to watch a movie. So, that would require the entire fan base to go over to Rotten Tomatoes and just click yes I want to watch this movie I plan to watch this movie whatever it says it says something to that effect I can almost guarantee you that we are not all running over there every time a movie comes out to tell Rotten Tomatoes that we plan to see it I don't know that works with some people I don't personally do that but let me get into Matt McGloin's uh, post here, his his uh, his little piece. Um, more controversy surrounding the Captain Marvel movie has hit the net, as it is learned its Rotten Tomatoes audience score is plummeting faster than its recent box office tracking. Rotten Tomatoes not only keeps an aggregate score of reviews, but also user ratings for its audience members that want to see films. Captain Marvel presently stands at having 84% of fans that want to see the film, with over 4,200 votes being cast. We are still more than two weeks away from its release, so this could be looked at as rather alarming. Again, this is not the review rating, but a percentage of fans that want to see the film. While some fans are already claiming fraud, of course, A quick check of the MCU audience scores reveals Captain Marvel is in line with Marvel movies such as Thor, Spider-Man Homecoming, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Doctor Strange, and Ant-Man. Interestingly enough, the Captain Marvel box office tracking and Rotten Tomatoes audience score correlate with the latter MCU movies own audience score and box office opening weekends of around 85 to 120 million dollars and by the way that was one hell of a a run-on sentence but let's just go ahead Uh, so assuming the Rotten Tomatoes audience score is somewhat reliable some fans hopes that Captain Marvel may open closer to Black Panther numbers I don't know who the hell thought that but 202 million dollars is what Black Panther opened to but that's because everybody in Atlanta, everybody in <laughs> Gary, Indiana, and any place else that's black, black, blackity black, 
everybody was in 100% attendance. And I'm talking every black person. I'm talking about black people who have never, ever, 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 ever cared about an MCU movie. Black people showed up and showed out for Black Panther. So I don't know who thought Captain Marvel was going to open to $202 million unless every woman in the United States, Canada, and possibly Mexico, if all of us opened, all of us went to the movies to see Captain Marvel, every single woman in the nation, yes, I could see exploding to those types of numbers, but guess what? We rarely are going to get that type of audience. You got that audience for Black Panther because black people were waiting forever and ever and ever and ever and ever to have themselves represented in one of these major cinematic universes. We had Blade. That was way back in the way back. We had Blade, but we was talking about the Black Panther treatment where we get this whole $200 million movie surrounding our character that looks like us in a nation of people that look like us with a director with his black self that looks like us and just in case you guys were wondering Ryan Coogler got the whole thing right and I cannot wait to talk about Black Panther I wish that movie on the watch party would have fallen in Black History Month but it didn't so we're talking about Captain Marvel (laughs) but anyway like I said blackity black black that's exactly why Black Panther did 202 million dollars and now back to our regularly scheduled program. I don't know who thought some fans hopes that Captain Marvel may open closer to Black Panther numbers may be dashed. Similar to the box office tracking, the decline in people wanting to see the movie may have to do with perceptions surrounding the politics of Brie Larson, who is using her role in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and Captain Marvel to push an agenda instead of simply promoting the movie as a form of escapism that all fans want to see. Make no mistake, no matter what side you are on, Brie Larson is using her position as a pulpit, which is dividing the MCU fan base, and it is not a good thing. So, that was the opinion of one Matt McGloin, and he is very much welcome to his opinion and he uh like i said posted this on uh comic book news it's very funny to me though that matt is complaining that brie larson is using her platform to push uh, her message or her agenda when this individual is doing the exact same thing yeah so you told us that you were going to tell us about the rotten tomatoes nosediving and then you went on a tangent and started talking about Brie Larson uh, dividing the entire MCU and speaking for fans saying that they thought that this movie, Captain Marvel, was going to come into the, its opening weekend with the exact same numbers as Black Panther. And I think that's more divisive because it kind of takes away what uh, Ryan Coogler did with Black Panther and what the black community did for Black Panther and you whatever side you sit on that is a divisive issue when you start saying that 
people really believed no other movie has done 200 million dollars not in the mcu except except infinity war endgame is going to blow that out the water but don't don't uh downplay what the black community did in black history month last year when the black community collectively stood up behind that movie worldwide it did great too the movie was great it was great for any moviegoer it was great for any comic book movie fan it was great but it was it was groundbreaking for black people in america because it's just some things that you just don't see you don't see those 200 something million dollar films with a cast as black as that i'm gonna leave it alone um and you know matt's mcgloin here going back to matt he, he's just like she, she's got this agenda she's pushing her politics uh, chris evans is very vocal about his politics occasionally mark ruffalo will let you know exactly how he feels on the subject um i can keep going so what is the real problem matt is the issue that her agenda is a little too feminist for you i mean i agree that we can discuss our views respectfully but i don't think that she should mute her opinions to make a few guys feel better in fact I think it's a wonderful thing that she even has a platform and a message because too many women get into the boys club and then cower in a corner or just smile and look pretty. And this is her opportunity to speak directly to an audience who didn't even know that she was an Academy Award winner, 2016 Best Actress for Room. So this is an audience whose ears she typically would not have. So just like you have the reach to spread your message, I'm glad that she has a far wider reach to spread hers. I'm going to go back up to Matt's story for just one second because it's just so funny. He's a polo Matt. Matt said uh, the the audience score is plummeting. It's only had 4,000 votes. And 84% of those 4,000 people are saying, I want to see the film. In what universe is that bad? Every audience member has not uh, gone to Rotten Tomatoes to cast their votes. 84% of fans want to see the film. So that's that's close. That's damn close to 100. <laughs> so I mean, why would that be? Why would that be a bad thing? And then, then to start citing movies that it is close to, uh, Thor Ragnarok arguably one of the best mcu movies definitely the best thor can't wait to get to that spider-man homecoming spider-man always opens big always almost a hundred percent of the time guardians of the galaxy volume two we've already discussed right here on after the snap what guardians of the galaxy those movies did uh doctor strange and ant-man we talked we even talked about ant-man which opened i believe the lowest of any of these movies and still was a commercial success so why would it be a bad thing if captain marvel fit into any of what what these uh other movies did even if she just gets close 
which I believe you you can cancel that. I believe she will do more than say your uh, I'll say Ant Man at the absolute least, possibly Doctor Strange. Yeah, I don't understand why that would be a bad thing. See, it's only a bad thing because it's a woman movie. Matt Matt has a problem, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna presume to know Matt. But just reading this, I can see that it's like, this is hater type stuff. It's either your problem is either with the MCU for whatever reason, or your problem is with women. (laughs) And I got to feel it. It's probably more with women. And and, uh, whatever fan is saying that the fans are saying that it's it's, it's a, a conspiracy, basically. I don't feel like it's a conspiracy. I feel like 80, if this is correct, if 84% of the audience is saying, yeah, this is a movie I want to see, I honestly think that's great. Oh, yes, that's while some fans are already claiming fraud. I don't understand why would that be fraud? Do we ever think that 100% of fans want to see a movie and that's with 4,000 votes? You might be able to get 4,000 people to say they want to see a movie and, and 100% of them would say that, but it's unrealistic to expect that everybody that goes over to, cap, to, to uh, Rotten Tomatoes and, and cast a vote on a movie, it's unrealistic to expect them to all want to see the movie. Some of them are like, no, I don't plan on seeing it. If I see it, I see it. If I don't, I don't. That's the way I felt about uh, a lot of movies especially the okay like alita battle angel part of me wants to see it if i get to the movies this week i'll see it if not i won't i'm gonna say this wonder woman did 103 million in her opening weekend um introductory introductory standalone mcu movies with the exception of spider-man because spider-man you can't just keep reintroducing Spider-Man from different from different directors and whatever and thinking that this is a new movie. So I take that character, Spider-Man, I threw him out of the MCU for just a second. So for introductory standalone MCU movies, the average of all of those movies is $90 million opening weekend. And that's me adding all of those movies, introductory characters, their first standalone movie. 90 million dollars and you have to remember that there was some high ones in there your your black panthers that was pretty high and uh i want to say iron man was kind of high for an introductory standalone movie so 90 million dollars average and captain marvel has the advantage of leading into mcu's biggest movie ever history Wonder Woman, $103 million in her opening weekend, but she is a more known character. She is one of the big three in DC. So, and people have been waiting on the Wonder Woman movie, have been waiting forever. So, yeah, there was a a thing, a push of excitement that we're not going to get with Captain Marvel. But how that will, what we will replace that with is that this movie is leading up into uh, Avengers Endgame. Those two kind of cancel one another out. It's an introductory standalone MCU film. 
and it's a female-led one. $90 million is the average for all the standalone MCU films. My personal projections for Captain Marvel's opening weekend, and you know, you can hold me to this. It's going to be out here for all posterity, but I'm not getting paid or anything for making these projections. This is just what I think I think. I think opening weekend will be $95 million under what Wonder Woman did in her opening weekend over the average in the MCU. Okay, I believe that the total for uh, North America domestically would be $220 million domestic. And worldwide, I believe she will do $795 million. We have to remember, uh, I think Ant-Man and the Wasp did something. Was it Ant-Man and the Wasp? I think it was Ant-Man and the Wasp did something like, uh, 600 something million can't remember 100% Wonder Woman did 800 something million and I'm looking at her fitting right in the middle of that I'm, I'm looking at Wonder Woman still being the, the the woman to chase but Captain Marvel I think can give us a 790 million dollar uh, total worldwide is all of that or any of that would all of it be respect respectable yes this is that would be actually on the high end on the low end i think we can curve uh 10 million dollars off of my opening weekend so 95 million dollars is what i project uh acceptable would probably be 80 something million that's what we got from from dr strange and look at the role dr strange has in the mcu and I, I don't want to talk too much about my numbers because, you know, I, I do the numbers before we do the movies. But this was just me throwing it out there that how it's crazy. The fandom was supposed to be a fandom is just nuts. I can't understand. I do understand. There are a faction of people who want to see this movie fail. And I would like to see the movie succeed because I love superhero movies period but also because because I'm a woman because I would like to see the MCU embrace the fact that a female led superhero movie can be successful the same way it had to accept that a minority led superhero movie could be successful it's, it's like a, we, we are knocking walls down and there are people like Matt, it seems, that just doesn't want the walls knocked down. And that's okay. Don't get mad at Brie Larson for uh, voicing opinions on whatever it is that she feels. And I know I don't even do politics too often in my show. Sometimes, occasionally, I can't help myself. But that's me and mine. Just like Matt, you inter interject your personal feelings in yours. Let Brie use her platform the best way she sees fit. And if you're going to call Brie out, you might need to call Chris Evans out too. Because he's very vocal. Very. Go to his Twitter page. And I love Chris Evans. And I love the fact that he's vocal. And I know people have told him, he needs to calm down. 
you're Captain America. I don't know what, what they thought this was because that just makes it seems like his uh, his words hold that much more weight. Captain America said this, this, and this, you know. So, but I digress. I'm going to move on to the next point of the show. Okay, so another thing uh, going on a little bit more about Captain America. We are getting the, the, the feeling that boy, boy, boy. Captain America, I mean, Captain Marvel is going to be far more important than some people think. And it's also going to serve to tie up some of the loose ends that we have seen in the MCU. Now, I wouldn't call any of it a, say, a plot hole or anything like that. I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. I'm talking about, uh, for instance, Captain Marvel is in a perfect position to set up Guardians of the Galaxy. And you know that the, the ties uh, that bind the MCU together are, are sometimes spread very far apart. But Captain Marvel is sitting right in the sweet spot between uh, when Guardians of the Galaxy first started, which was what, 1988, I believe? Could have been 85. I don't, I don't have my notes sitting in front of me. But so you have 1988 on one end. And Captain Marvel was starting in 1995. So, perfect position to set up the Guardian of the Galaxy movies and why things happened the way they did in Guardians of the Galaxy. And then you also have to see, because in one of the trailers, and I believe that the Captain Marvel trailers just have given away far too much of this movie. And I'm still going to see the movie, but I believe that story... Boy, I hope I'm wrong. But it just feels like the story has been already told through the trailer. So there was one point in one of the trailers that uh, Captain Marvel says, I'm not going to, I'm not going to help you in your war. I'm going to end it. She says something like that. Okay, so she's ending wars because of uh, her involvement in whatever it seems like. She was talking about the scroll and the Kree. But could she have also, her actions in this movie, Captain Marvel, have caused the end of the Kree and Xandar War? Because as it stands out, the Kree is a huge, huge dynasty. Huge. And it has uh, so many planets, I think, wrapped up in its dynasty that they were said to be trillions trillions of members of the Kree spread out over their little nook of the galaxy so is it possible that whatever Captain Marvel did stopped the war that was raging in Xandar between the, the Kree and uh and the Skrull and the Kree because they, they had they have the military force to have several different wars going on at the same time so if captain marvel whatever happens in this movie ends both of those wars that sets ronan uh ronan the accuser on his path so ronan and korath go renegade because of what happened whatever happened in captain marvel and that's why we get the characters that we get uh in guardians we start to see Ronan the Accuser saying, you know what? 
there is no way that I'm going for this. <laughs> I cannot go for no signing, no peace treaties. I cannot go. There's a lot of things that I can stand for, but I cannot stand for us being friends at peace with Xandar. So that is why he set on his mission to be this zealot, to make things the way they used to be for the Cree. And he has his own little group of people who follow him. And I think that just makes sense. And I think that if the MCU pulls at those strings and makes it connect like that, kudos to them. I still think too much of the story was told through the trailer. Like, I feel like uh, maybe the there's a little bit more mystery between them. Like, what we still don't know for sure who... Uh, who Jude Law is playing for sure. So yeah, we still don't know who he's playing. If it's Yon Rog, like the, the uh, toys say, or if it's Marvel, like we thought initially. But whatever, we don't know what that relationship is. We do know that Carol Danvers is going by Verse. That's that's her name because that's the back part of her uh, last name, and I guess her dog tags were kind of destroyed when the Cree found her where the only thing that they could read was the V-E-R-S so that's the name that she's going by is Verse she thinks her name is Verse she's fighting for the Cree I don't know if she believes that she's a Cree soldier or if she knows that she's different but she's there because of whatever whatever reason she's there with the Cree fighting she believes that the Cree are noble uh, noble warriors heroes in fact yeah so she's she's fighting against the scrolls she at the it seems that at the beginning of the movie she's very adamant that this is what i'm doing you know those are the bad guys we are the good guys and i'm, I'm on the side of the good guys so this is her explaining to samuel l jackson that she is fighting for the good guy how she ends up on earth she's following uh this scroll imposter and that's the imposter we see on the the bus who turns into the little old lady and she uh now she's on earth things are starting to feel a little familiar to her and uh eventually i believe the the scroll know her history and are going to tell her hey you know this is your homeland right this is your home world this is what happened that that brought you to thinking that you're a Cree. And, uh, well, yeah, I'm not going to just sit here and just ruin it for, for everybody because I think I know how it goes. Um, but what I am going to do just for, uh, shits and giggles. So we did talk, but, but that could possibly be why Ronan went down the path that he went on is because, uh, when Captain Marvel says she's going to end that war, she did one heck of a job and things just be, the Kree are a warrior race and they don't have no fights no more. So the militaristic people like your Ronin's the accusers, they are having a hard time dealing with the fact that they are no longer uh, fighting. They need something to fight about. They need to be in in war I guess that makes him happy and I'm pretty sure that him just going out on these solo missions with his with his group of zealots 
is uh is giving him feelings of the old the good old days but that's not enough he would like for them to go back to being a warrior race and if it means destroying Xandar then that's what he's gonna do so that's where he was when we met him in Guardians of the Galaxy and I believe that Captain Marvel set him on that path but yeah like I was saying a little earlier Captain Marvel does have the benefit of being the movie that takes us into Avengers Endgame and with that and I know we've shared this theory before but then you know why not it's getting a little closer to movie time we might have a few more people in the audience who had not heard uh, us talk about us talk about uh, how how we believe Captain Marvel will tie into Avengers Endgame as far as the movie is concerned and a lot of the thoughts are that we will get a post credit scene that will include one Doctor Strange and this theory I'm about to present to you it uh it explains why that that's not out of outside of the realm of possibility so when Maria Hill dies look at Nick Fury's face he doesn't look surprised he looks down like he's thinking for a second then immediately turns head straight for the pager he actually looks less alarmed than he does when the crash first happens now another thing about that pager I was reading the prelude comic to Captain America um, why do I keep calling her Captain America I was reading the, the prelude comic to Captain Marvel and it was basically telling us what happened after Ultron after Ultron after Civil War and uh, before Captain Marvel and also after Infinity War because we did see in this prelude comic we do get the dusting we we do get the whole post credit scene leading up until him uh, actually paging Captain Marvel we get that entire post credit scene in that comic except there is a small minuscule blink if you miss it detail that's in the comic that's not in the movie and the detail is when he is going to get the pager he says it's time he turns he heads straight for the pager he's in in this comic he's saying it's time he actually looks less alarmed than he does when the crash first happens his eyes aren't as wide he's thinking he's thinking he's not looking for threats he just saw his right hand woman turn to dust and he doesn't even blink he doesn't look scared or upset he never even tries to help her the most basic of human instincts she is one of his closest agents in fact she is his closest agent and when she crumbles to dust he does not even reach out a hand he simply spins around rushes to get the pager he's even pushing people out of the way as they are turning to dust now he, if he had never seen this phenomenon before would he just brush past it goes against any instinct what if it is a disease that was contagious what if it is a weapon and why not take cover every other person who encountered the dusting was confused and scared hill 
Spider-Man, Bucky, Groot, but Fury, the least involved character on screen, just pushes by someone as they literally fall apart. He reaches right into his bag and pulls out the pager. Now, isn't it weird that this pager that someone gave him 30 years before is right at the top of the bag? He doesn't rummage around or open the bag or open the back of it for a storage compartment. It's just sitting right on top. He brought it with him that day. Why? He lost his helicopter in Avengers, his super armored truck in Captain America the Winter Soldier, and yet somehow he never lost his pager even though he carries it in his man bag. So at the end of Captain Marvel, Nick Fury and Captain Marvel will be talking. Then suddenly someone will call out to them. They'll turn around and see Doctor Strange. He'll explain to them what's happening with Thanos in the future and explain that they'll need Captain Marvel's help in order to defeat him. Doctor Strange will then close his eyes and you'll hear Stark calling out to him. When he opens them, he'll be back on Titan right after he supposedly viewed all possible outcomes. So this will help explain why Nick Fury knows to contact Captain Marvel in Infinity War and help bring Carol Danvers into the rest of the uh, MCU. And it also just lines up with what I say and I say it every time I talk about Nick Fury is that he just knows shit. He knows too much shit. Doctor Strange, whatever bug that he may put in Nick Fury's ear, set Nick Fury out on the quest for knowledge. I believe that Doctor Strange gave him one piece. He had another one sitting in front of him, which was uh, Captain Marvel. So you got Captain Marvel sitting in front of you. That's one piece. Doctor Strange comes back from the past and gives you a second piece. And with those two pieces, Nick Fury put together a team that he thought could counter anything that could create the, the types of disasters that he had been alerted to in his past. And just crazy, like, I don't know how to, it's, it, it's his past, but it's even further back for, for your Doctor Strange's. This may also explain that in uh, why in Captain America, the Winter Soldier, when they were talking about threats and the algorithm deciding who was a threat to, I guess, Hydra. It said S.H.I.E.L.D., but you know, Hydra was the one pulling the strings with these helicarriers. That would explain why Doctor Strange's name was on that list of potential threats. And because... The algorithm will tell you that Dr. Strange is going to have, that these things could happen. Dr. Strange has possibly been to the past already. We don't know what else he may have done in the past. How much more mucking around he did in the past if he talks to Captain Marvel and Nick Fury. And I, I do believe that we will see uh, something like that in one of the post credit scenes. So it's just something to look forward to, something to think about. It could very well happen uh, in Captain Marvel. We talked about the box office projections, a little bit of Captain Marvel theories, and just where do we think the MCU is going to uh, fit Carol Danvers in? How is she going to fit in 
not as far as just her standalone character. How does she fit in with the team? Do we think Brie Larson has the juice to fit in with the team? You know, it's not it's not easy. The the MCU is a, a tough place, you know, because and I'm saying tough. They have done a remarkable job at choosing actors and actresses who mesh well together and they have also done an excellent job of if those actors and actresses do not mesh well together getting them the hell out of their community <laughs> so you know we've seen it and i don't want us to name any names we've seen it a couple times where some people just they're not there no more and the reason they're not there anymore is because they were creating discord one way or the other even if it was unintentionally creating discord you got to go if you're toxic to the formula because everything rests on these actors having chemistry everything everything is dependent on these actors having chemistry because you know that they're going to cross over at some point they are going to all be in a movie together at some point so they have to be able to balance each other out and that is where I'm feeling funny about Brie Larson. And we're going to see if she's got the chops. Obviously, she passed the Marvel method. They have, they, they've not made too many mistakes moving forward from the beginning where we saw some missteps in casting. So now here we are, all these movies in and you're going to have uh, Brie Larson fitting in with our Avengers characters. And I really hope, I really hope she nails it. Because the, the, the fate of women getting these types of lead roles in standalone movies is kind of resting on her shoulders for the MCU. Wonder Woman has proven herself and has proven that she her shoulders are broad enough to carry the universe now she's got some help now <laughs> because aquaman you know did his share but she attempted for a long time she was the one carrying the dc universe and then the assist from aquaman and i feel like things you know the ship is getting righted for dc on the strength of Wonder Woman. The ship is already right over here in, in the MCU. So it's like the only thing we want is for in the future of the MCU, especially if we are moving past our core heroes that we've gotten used to over these 10 years. If we are pushing forward with uh Captain Marvel being the the lead the anchor of the team we need her to be strong <laughs> we, we not i'm not talking about overpowered i'm not talking about that kind of strong we need her to have a very strong showing doesn't have to be box office strong we need the acting to be solid and we need the chemistry moving forward to be uh, just a smooth chemistry and i hope that she is up to the task of being the linchpin that when every time they bring somebody new into the MCU she is the cog 
that connects everything much like Robert Downey Jr. was, there won't be another one of him. Marvel, really, I mean, they know they they could have went a whole hell of a lot way wrong and, and cast somebody else for Robert Down for uh Tony Stark and the MCU would not be as successful as it is right now. Tony Stark, uh, Robert Downey Jr. was the perfect cog to make everything the perfect linchpin for the MCU. And where he can't be the linchpin, you've got Nick Fury, who knew that everybody was going to have to come together at some point or another. They're all going to have to come together. I need to build a team that can work together. And also, how long are we going to have Nick Fury? Because let's be real, Nick Fury, what he does is not as demanding. Nick Fury is cerebral. He is a heck of a counterpuncher. He knows uh, the best offense is a great defense. So Nick Fury, because his his role is not physical, he could do this forever. Samuel L. Jackson, for as long as he's got breath in his lungs, could play Nick Fury. So you know, I'm wondering how long, how much longer will we have Nick Fury, and what are we gonna do when we don't have Nick Fury? These are all questions. I know they can't all be answered today. Just stuff I wanted to put into the air. I do uh, next week, Tuesday. I would really, 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 really like to be discussing uh, Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel. You know, I know I said Captain Marvel three times, and that's because Captain Marvel is not always who we think Captain Marvel is. I would like to discuss that a little bit next week. And also, uh, we'll get into more. We'll talk more about the Kree and the Skrull just to get us on the right path for where we're heading with Captain Marvel. So next week, Tuesday, Kree and the Skrull. And we will discuss Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel. Hopefully, I'll have a Captain Marvel theory. If not... I will definitely try to have an Avengers Endgame theory. This one just happened to be both. And um, join me Friday, this week Friday. We will be discussing Captain America Civil War. Big movie. Big movie. This one is huge, right? (laughs) So we will be talking Captain America Civil War. Got things coming up the pipe for you. I'm going to be probably rolling out what's our giveaway will be and it, it there will be a soon be a very uh giveaway and i'll be rolling out what that will be i apologize for the lateness of this episode i recorded it tuesday morning and then i had to go to work and then i wasn't able to get the editing done until after work so we are late but i am here and i'm gonna try again to uh stay on track uh, this was the only way that i was going to be on track this week is by doing it this way and i apologize for not being able to roll it out before i went to work and on that note i really don't have a whole lot left i will talk at you guys on friday with captain america captain america civil war will yeah we got lots of uh boy this is a big week huh captain america civil war 
that's a big week. I look forward to hearing from you. If you can give me your opinions, uh, what do you think Captain Captain Marvel is going to do opening weekend? Do you think it's going to be a successful run? Do you think her opening weekend will be $90 million or more? I think that could be considered successful. $90 million or more. Let me know in emails. Uh, you can email me at afterthesnap at gmail.com. I'm going to put the social medias down in the info box. I'm not going to go through all them social medias, except I'm going to talk to you about patreon.com slash after the snap, where you can donate monthly to the program. Uh, Tiers start as low as $1 a month, and they go all the way up to 20 bucks a month. If you can, give me a little hand. Help me out at patreon.com slash after the snap. We also can uh, do one-time donations at paypal.me slash after the snap. I still need your ratings and reviews on iTunes. And uh, since I've got nothing else after that, I thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me for yet another week of after the snap. And I'll catch you Friday on the flip.